Hello everyone, welcome. Uh, so relax your your seating. So we're going to be the, the meditation. My talk will be shorter this time than the meditation after. Okay, so make sure you're comfortable now. So when you sit down for meditation, you don't have to be worried too much about your body. Okay, so straighten your legs if you need to and bend them. Okay. for the Buddha attain enlightenment. It's called uh, Dorja Den, the, uh, the diamond seat. Uh, when you ask, uh, I'm not sure about how the other uh, uh, the other Buddhist traditions, other than Tibetan tradition, refer to it, but when the Tibetans are referring to that place, they call it the diamond seat. Oh, and, and they even will, will, will use that term when they're talking about, oh, I'm going on pilgrimage, or I'm going to, to, uh, to India, I'm going to visit the diamond seat. Okay. Uh, now, I'll say in the legend, with, I don't know how to interpret it, but I'll say in the legend where that describes when the Buddha made that last meditation, where he was going to be going to the transformation from an ordinary, well, he wasn't quite ordinary, but <laughs> going to be transformed from whatever he was to becoming the being that we, we now know as the Buddha. So that last meditation he was about to do. Uh, when he, the legend said that when he walked towards, towards the place, and when he finally sat there, I uh, guess to sort of give you, the, the reader, a sense of what is going to, the importance of what's going to happen there. So we are given the description that uh, the earth became incapable of supporting such, a, such, a, such an important event or such an important person. And the earth became diamond. It became diamond strong to be able to support what's going to happen. Okay. Now, some uh, Buddhists believe that this, this, took, uh, this actually happened literally, like the earth actually became diamond. But you can sort of understand whether you, whether you take it literally or not, but the, the idea is that What's going to happen was so important that it needed a very strong, uh, something very, uh, some very strong uh, support. The other way you can interpret it is that when the, it's the, the resolve of the, of the would-be Buddha at that time was so strong, it was, it was diamond-like. It was unshakable. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to reach enlightenment, and that's it. There's no thought of maybe I may not reach it. There's no thought of, well, if I don't reach it tonight, I hope, you know, I gave that example last time, I hope it's still funny. <laughs> I hope uh, I encounter Sujata again so she can give me that uh, rice uh, pudding that she gave me last time. It was very delicious. Okay, so there was no such, no such other thought was in his mind. The only thing that was in his mind, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to reach enlightenment. And he didn't think of, I'll give this 24 hours. Or I'll give this, you know, he didn't say, I'm going to give this a certain period of time. If it was going to take him uh, one hour, he's ready for it. If it was going to take him a month, he was ready for it. If it was going to take him a year, if it was going to take him uh, some time, you hear that there are certain uh, 
meditators who enter meditation and uh, there's this, uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly how completely true that is, but it gives you a sense of the idea of the, the, how when you have a, a very strong resolve to do something, how almost everything around you can uh, sort of like, uh, what is that thing? Corroborate? Uh, conspire. Conspire, yeah, that's the word. Conspire to help you. Okay, whether they want to or not. Okay. So th there's this legend about this meditator who entered into meditation, and and then <laughs> he didn't come out of the meditation until way way later, and that way later meant that a mountain was built around him. Okay, you can <laughs> accept that literally if you want to, but but you can sort of have a sense of the emotional uh, truth that is that is imparted in that. Okay. So when the, when the Buddha made the resolve, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to reach nine minutes, that's all that was in his mind. Okay. And we are asked when we are, that's why uh, well, it doesn't matter what form of, of, of Buddhism you're practicing, when you're about to sit down to meditate, you're supposed to review your motivation. So you can at least come to as close as you can to the resolve of the Buddha. Okay? And don't think of, I'm going to do this until. Okay? Even though in your mind, you already set up, set up in your mind, I can, only, I can only do this for an hour. After this I have to go to work, or I have to do this, I have to do this. But don't think of the hour at that moment. Okay? Uh, and have the sense of understanding that uh, the space where this is going to take place the actual physical place is now holy. Because an Arya may come, may be, may be born from this. Okay? You will maybe transformed into an Arya, a, a holy being. Okay? Because you're, you're, you may at that moment, don't think you may, but you may at, that, uh, at the end of that have encountered the most sacred thing in the universe. Okay? So when, once that encounter is made, then the person who has made this encounter is now an Arya, no longer an ordinary person. Uh, oh, now I remember the story. I was stalling to remember the story. <laughs> uh, concerning sacred space. Now, when, uh, if, if, you, if you were to go to Bodh Gaya, that's that's where that's Dojeden. That's the where it's called the diamond diamond seat. If you were to go to Bodhgaya, where the the the, uh, the descendant of the Bodhi tree, the enlightenment, the tree of enlightenment, is is still can be found. That place doesn't look so holy. Uh, a lot of things are happening there that aren't holy things. <laughs> okay, and as a matter of fact, right now it's pristine compared to what they used to be. Okay. Uh, the Buddha, when he, so the place of enlightenment, he, that was his place of enlightenment, with this incredible uh, uh, universal event took place. And the other incredible universal event that took place was when the Buddha left. When he and, and that term, the Buddha leaving, is called having entered uh, Parinirvana. Has, has there ever been a translation of that term? I think everybody says Parinirvana. Has anyone ever translated that? It's like final. Final, final Nirvana. <laughs> yes. So, what we would call... Total Nirvana. Great. It's great. Total unbinding. Total unbinding. I think I know. I think I know who may have done that. I think I know who may have translated that way. Yeah. Uh, so, what we would call the Buddha died uh, is not referred to. It's not called the Buddha died. It's called the Buddha entered Parinirvana. Okay. So, where did the Buddha do this? That also is an extremely uh, sacred place where an incredible event is about to take place. Uh, and there's a story where. 
I forgot exactly, but one of the very close disciples of the Buddha, probably was Ananda, was complaining to the Buddha, why are you doing this here? Of all places, why you choose, why, why you chose this place? Why, why, why couldn't you choose a much better place? And you could have been Hawaii, you know. The <laughs> <laughs> and and the Buddha said, oh, don't don't this uh, don't uh, speak bad about this place. You don't know about you don't know the history of this place. And then the Buddha related the story about there was like an incredible. Uh, uh, this place used to be a very incredible incredible place where very where a very incredible, incredibly righteous uh, uh, king once ruled, and every and every citizen was once you know incredible, incredible. Okay, so now this is because of that event way, way, way in the past. This place is still holy, holy enough for the Buddha now to to make his uh, final uh, uh, final teaching happen. Okay. So, don't, this is to tell you that don't be too concerned about what's happening around you, where you happen, if, if you're in, a, if, if you're in, um, in the airport, and it happens to be the, the time when you, when you feel, okay, now I have like a five hour, what's called that thing? Layover. Layover. <laughs> five hours, what am I going to do? <laughs> okay? So you can read a magazine, find out what's happening in, in the... Uh, in the world, you can you can uh, uh, you know watch, watch a movie. You can sleep, <laughs> or you can decide to wait. A minute. It's five hours where I'm I'm sort of imprisoned in this place. There's nowhere I can go. I have to be here. So I, when I meditate, okay, and you have to consider that now, no matter where this airport happens to be, you have to approach the space that something holy is about to happen. You're about to at least take a step closer to the most sacred phenomena in the universe. And don't worry about the noise that's around you. Don't worry about the sights that's around you. Just like when the Buddha uh, prepared his, uh, his bed, his last bed, in the place where we, his own disciples were complaining, oh, why here? Why this filthy place? Okay. So if the Buddha can do it there, okay. <laughs> so, and as you are, uh, when you finally make the, uh, uh, you, 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 you're sitting down, and you're about now, you're, you're slowly getting into your meditation, slowly getting into meditation. And of course, the airport is not going to say, oh, be quiet, there's somebody meditating. <laughs> it's not going to be an announcement, you know, passenger so-and-so going to living uh, is not meditating, please uh, be quiet. Okay, it's not going to be such an announcement. So don't you worry about that. And just having that attitude of not worrying about the space, you know that you will eventually enter into a space of utter silence. It's like uh, you enter uh, a room where the wall is actually made of silence. And while you're inside, it's not just not, not hearing things. None, there will be no possible way for any outer perception, sense uh, perception of anything outside of you to enter. And while you're in that space, you will be fully aware that you're not aware of anything outside of you. It's not like you're... Uh, again, this idea of, I'm going to keep repeating this all the time, okay? This idea of uh, you enter into some sort of unconsciousness and then you wake up and you say, oh yeah, I guess I must have been in silent space because I don't remember hearing anything. Okay? No. While it's happening, you're fully aware of it. Okay? In, in, it's enlightenment. It's not in darkness. Okay? <laughs> you're enlightened. You know. Okay? There's a lot of knowing going on. A lot of fully conscious knowing happening. Okay? So, while you're fully aware that you're in that space, and no other uh, outside perception can enter, and when something actually is able to appear within that space, not coming from outside, but some truth, some revelation, some uh, divine encounter, when, when it uh, uh, appears in that space, it appears with all 
uh, sharp sense, uh, how do you call it? It's not, it's not, we can't call it really sense perception, but all the things that are connected, connected with, with perception uh, will appear in that place with, with such clarity that the, the, the clarity will, will be, in a sense, blinding at first. Like the colors will be so vivid, like uh, it's not quite connected, but in the but it, the word seems to make sense here. Uh, in, it's, it's in the it's somewhere in some Taoist uh, writing where it says that the 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 colors blind you. Okay, so not exactly in that morbid sense, but <laughs> that they are so the 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 colors appearing will be so vivid. It will be as if you are looking at it with your eyes. That's what I meant to say. And the sound will be so vivid, it's as if you're hearing it with your ears, with your physical ears. Okay? And you will know, it's not be, it, will, it will not be something that someone else comes in and tells you, oh, by the way, something that you will know that it's happening as it is happening. Okay? So you need this vivid, uh, clear mind to be able to perceive what, what, what I'm now using the word the, state, the sacred, the divine, when it appears, in order for you to perceive it. Okay. So, when you're in that space of, when you're surrounded by silence, and no, no outside perception uh, is coming in, then you just take that very state of, of, of well, it's a state of mind, that very state of mind, you make it look at itself. In the beginning, you make it look at itself for what it, it appears to be, just to stabilize your ability to stay there. Then afterwards, then you start to really look at it, with the intention of really knowing what is there. Just holding on to that sense of what is really there. And don't let your mind come up with, uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, imaginative uh, uh, answers. Okay. Just look at what's there. When you look at it, there will be, uh, there will be a sense of, of it telling you, this is what I am. And that sense of it telling you what I am, you look at it again, is it really what it is? Is it really that? Okay? Let's even say that there's a sense of light, like physical light. Okay. Then you say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm perceiving, a, uh, I'm having a sense of physical light. Okay. So that's what it's telling you, I am physical light. And then you, and then, and then you look at it again. Is it really physical light? Okay, like that. So I'm not going to go into... Uh, into any elaborate kind of uh, reasoning that you're supposed to go into because that's only going to, that's really, that doesn't help. <laughs> when you're not meditating, it helps, okay? It helps you get prepared. But when you're actually meditating, you're supposed to dispense with those things. So the, 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 the reading, the studying, the intellectualizing, is supposed to prepare the space. And once you're in the space, let go of the intellectualization, okay? Uh, so, before you, in, as you are approaching that space, just have the thought, I'm approaching that space, no matter what's happening. And if sounds and other stimuli are sort of are disturbing to you, have the reassurance that they will, they, I will eventually enter a space, a, a, a space or a state of mind where they will not be there anymore. Just have that sense of confidence. So you don't have, so not, you're not too attached to, ah, oh, I wish that person would stop walking. I wish that person would, uh, I wish the, the airplane would, no. <laughs> why, why, why can't this uh, shut off the engine for just a few minutes? I'm meditating here. So, so your mind, so your mind will not be constantly going out, coming back in, or all you're doing is just going back, back and forth like that. Just, just, have the sense that you're entering, you're walking towards the sacred space, you're walking towards the silent space. Eventually, you will go through a door, 
and the door will shut behind you and you will be surrounded by a wall of silence. Okay? So have that as you're approaching it. And eventually, if you, when you make it into that space, stabilize it. Don't jump around. Don't get too excited. Just stay there. Just look at it. Okay? I think this is bliss number three. Okay? This is, yes, totally silent. And, and don't let your observation disturb it. Okay? Sometimes in, in your very observing of the, of, the, of the phenomena, of the state, that your observation itself becomes a disturbance and it takes you out. That's why it is said that uh, uh, Vipassana and uh, what's the other one? Shamata. Shamata. Uh, in the very beginning, they, 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 they are conflicting. Vipassana demands that your mind moves, and Shamata demands that your mind doesn't move. Okay, so in a, somehow you have to get them to to uh, to live in the same space, while your mind is not moving, but some part of it is moving, and the and the movement doesn't disturb the Shamata, and the Shamata doesn't disturb the doesn't disturb the Vipassana. Okay, so you're observing what's happening doesn't disturb the state itself, and you're able to remain within it. And when you're able to be there, know that you're there, then you have reached what is called being stable. Don't jump into trying to do the, the deeper observation yet. Okay? Then, once you achieve, achieve, you achieve stability, basically you're there, you know you're there, and you're, and you're able to be able to uh, uh, look at all the different uh, qualities of that, of, of, of that state. Then you turn your mind, that very state of mind, it, on itself. Okay? It's like, uh, what's that term? It's like the torch lighting itself. So, the, so now you see the torch itself because of the, the light. Okay? And the way you are observing it is not to try to wish it to be something, but for just simply whatever you're told it is, is it really that? Whatever is appearing to you, is it really that? And then have an, a very intense wish to really know it, what it is. Okay? That's it. I said I was going to talk for too long, but I ended up talking for too long. Okay. <laughs> I hope you have enough time to uh, have some experience of it. <laughs> okay. back to that sense of reverence for the space for what you're about to do. Bring your attention to the infallible guide now at the crown of your head. And have it as a vivid of a recollection as you uh, as vivid as you can of the sense of tranquility you experienced earlier so you can bring yourself there quickly and when you focus on that sense that presence above your head know it to be this is it. If it was a pill that was going to help you into that space and then be able to see, encounter the divine, that's the pill above your head and you're about to take it.
once you've established strongly a sense of reverence, and a, hum and a very humble body and mind, presence into your heart center and from that moment on see yourself not see like uh, visualize but have a sense that you are in about approaching and getting closer to that sacred space where the divine can be perceived can manifest can be introduced
and just be aware of that tranquility, whatever degree you find yourself in. Now from within this tranquil state, turn your attention now to those places, those people for whom you have genuine loving concern, genuine compassionate concern for. And let compassion come into that space. And let your compassion merge with that space. Go out to those people, go out to those beings. visualize it as a form of light if it helps and when it reaches them it cools their minds if they were if they are having difficulties with different kinds of afflictions then those afflictions gets cooled off and their minds start to experience the same tranquility that you are experiencing and in the clarity and of that tranquil state they are able to see clearly they're able to see their way out They were trapped in something. And they have the strength to implement whatever it is that they need to implement to take, come out of it. to implement this solution, they also find the courage. If they were blinded by a cold heart, Hatred is pacified, and in that calm space, loves and love and compassion arises, and they see clearly what they need to do. reach out to every being everywhere of a strong wish for their well-being and let this compassionate concern reaffirm your commitment achievement of your ultimate goal. 
slowly get ready to come out. So whatever wonderful lessons you may have learned, have make a strong willingness, strong intention to take it with you and for it to continue to influence your actions. While you bring your attention now to your breath, And through the breath, become aware of the body again, of flesh and blood. Good night.